All right, Father, we just thank you for this time. We thank you for who you are. And we thank you, Father, that uh, because of what Jesus did, here we are. That we can gather together as brothers and sisters in your presence, knowing that we're fully accepted by you. Knowing that his blood is more than enough. And your grace is all sufficient. So Holy Spirit will say, help us. Let your manifest presence just keep on increasing in this room. Because we love you, we adore you, Holy Spirit. And we honor you and give you a place. Because without you, none of this is even possible. And we all say, amen. Amen and amen. So it's been a busy week for me. I felt like I've been running since, I mean, pretty much really since I came back from India. I don't feel like I've had a single weekend off. Just been some one after another. But it was good. I got to watch a Axer graduate from, uh, from the school that I work in currently right now. So it was, it was an honor. It was a treat. And there was a lot of families and teachers there that were like, you already know some of these people? So, yeah, the Lord, the Lord makes connections, you know. So, but uh, so I was out praying and asking the Lord what what he had. You know, he started putting something in my heart that was just really burning. And I want everybody just to repeat after me, just say, it's a promise. Mm. Just say it one more time, it's a promise. And I want us to just take this journey together. And I want you to remember that sentence. It's a promise as we navigate through this part. And one of the things that Holy Spirit had limited to first was faith. And I was like, Lord, how do I even jump from it's a promise to faith? But I'm going to trust the Holy Spirit to navigate this river to get us to where we need to be. And to get that message into our hearts. Because as much as he will pierce, he will pierce me. There's no way the Lord gives me a word and it doesn't affect me. It affects me first. And this is a truth that the Lord has just been walking on me through. Paul said maybe the last four years at least. To understand the goodness of who he really is, the tender muscles, the kindnesses, the grayness, the holiness. And just him being such a good father. And the things that that he desires so deeply, and the truths that he desires so deeply for us. Not only just to comprehend, but for it to be an experience that when we're walking this life or even the next life, that is such a foundational truth that he wants us to know it in a really, really deep way. Not theoretical, but really experiential. And that's how the Lord deals with me. It's always experiential. It's never theoretical. Sometimes I wish it was theoretical because... Makes it a little bit easier. But when you have to walk through it, it's a little bit different. So here's what it says 
in Hebrews 11. Okay. And I'm using, I gave this to Denise, but I don't know whether she found it. Did you find it, Denise? No? That's okay, though. I'll read it from up here. Okay. This is an amplifier. This is Hebrews 11.1. 1. That's all I'm going to read. Just Hebrews 11.1. 1. It says, not faith is the assurance. Okay. The confirmation, the title did of the things we hope for. Being the proof of things we do not see and the conviction of their reality. That is, faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. How could you stop preaching and go home? Because that part right there is the access to everything. It's the access that we have to salvation. It's the access that we have to the Father's heart. It's the access that we have to the love of God. It's the access that we have into the grace of God. Is by this faith that he's deposited in us. Because it's the faith of the Son of God that is in us, that operates. That gives us the idea and the thought that was never originally there. That we can't be saved. That we're worthy of being saved. That we can receive the Father's love. That we can be bestowed grace upon grace upon grace upon us. That we can go from glory to glory. The access point is faith. Lord, help me. So faith is not only the access, but it also guarantees that we can never own it. It settles it. Like, it settles it. There's nothing to boast about. There's nothing to brag about. It's neither our works, nor our good deeds, but it's purely understandable by faith we have received something is which was way beyond us, way beyond our reach. A chasm that was so wide there is no bridge that could ever join it together. Mm. So when Paul declares, I'd rather just be a fool for Christ. When you begin to understand what Paul is talking about there, it's foolishness. It is true foolishness to the world. And it makes us look like fools. Because the access that we have is by faith. And somebody goes, So you're believing in something that you do not see? You're like, Yes. And you're taking that as reality? Yes. So let's look at Romans 4, starting from verse 1 through 8. You know, and I have a lot of scripture today, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it to you. Okay, I'm going to give it to you because I feel like it's all as best to allow the word that was breathed by the Holy Spirit to enter into our hearts. So the minimum words I can give on my own and I can read more scripture, I feel like there's something the Holy Spirit does in that part. 
in creating what he wants to create in our hearts, in revealing what he wants to reveal in our hearts, in illuminating what he wants to illuminate. Because each one of us is in a different place. But the Holy Spirit can take the same word and use that in every facet in our lives. We will hear the same word, but each one of us might get a different interpretation to it. That's the beauty of the Holy Spirit. Only he can weave that tapestry. Go and say this. And even before I go there, one of the many ways that the Lord has really spoken to me is through the life of Abraham. And when I moved to North Carolina, that's one of the script, like the main person that the Lord used was Abraham himself. I don't know what that is. Okay. But it was Abraham's life that the Lord used. And since then, anytime there's a pivotal turning point in my life or there's a marker, he will bring Abraham's story up. And Abraham really, as you know, he's a, a father of faith. Like he really is. You know, we're all in the bosom of Abraham. So go and say this. Abraham was humanly, who was humanly speaking, the founder of our Jewish nation. What did he discover about being made right with God? If his good deeds had made him acceptable to God, he would have had something to boast about. But that was not God's way. For the scriptures tell us Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. So when people walk, their wages are not a gift, but something they've earned. But people are counted as righteous, not because of their work, but because of their faith in God who forgives sinners. Absolutely. I mean, whoo. Mm. King David, one of my favorite people, says this. You know, David also spoke of this when he described the happiness of those who are declared righteous without walking forward. Oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sins are put out of sight. Yes, what joy for those whose record the Lord has cleared of sin. We can't earn it. There's no earning it. And faith affirms and assures us that there is no way we'll ever, ever be able to earn the graces, the forgivenesses, the love. Ever. We have to fully trust that when God says you're forgiven, that it is true that you're forgiven. It's not on the basis that there's enough he can prove to do that part. Because as we're going to go through Abraham's life, you're going to see that there's none of that stuff that he could prove. He was accepted fully. And the righteousness imputed to him because he believed God. 
He was enough of a fool to say, I believe what you're saying. Get up and go to a land that you do not know. Because I'm going to make you father many nations. I have something for you that he wandered through the deserts. Back and forth through Egypt. Droughts. Wars. You name it. But I don't think he could have foreseen all that stuff from the time when the Lord said get up and go. And he believed God enough to say you know what yeah. I'm going to leave my father's. I'm going to leave my uncles, my brothers, and I'm going to take out my bag and my family and go over here. I mean, can you imagine? I mean, when I left Maryland, and my mom said, so you going to move to North Carolina? Yes. Do you have a job there? No. So you're going to leave this good job that you have here and move to a place where there's no job for you? I said, yes. I thought I lost my mind. She said, child, you lost your mind. So I might need to come check that basement and make sure you're not doing any drugs. Because you're talking crazy. But you can't walk that up. If the Lord does not deposit our faith in you, you can't walk it up. You see, the thing is this. What he, in, terms of, in, in terms of him walking that out, how many of you wake up in the morning and you go, I wonder if I'm going to get a walk. Oh, you live here, and your first start is, before you and you go, I wonder if I'm ever going to get in my house. Or when you get to church, your first start is, I wonder if that chair is going to hold me up. So, that is something that, that the Lord has already put in us, and he's operating in us. And somehow we forget those things that we're already walking in, and try to pave a different path to get to that which we already have access to. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say it a different way. Same thing, different way. Because that's all my teacher. I repeat myself a lot. So how is it possible that the walk that Christ begun in us was by faith and through faith in him? And somehow in the middle of it, we want to form a different path from the one who originally were given. That did not require anything from us to earn other than to believe. Just the same way right now, like I said, you, the chair you're sitting on, there was not a thought that said, you know what, I wonder if that chair is really going to hold me up. There was not a thought when you get in your car, well, I'm going to get home. It's automatic. Like, you don't think about it consciously. So how is it possible now that we have this deep spiritual truth about faith, and somehow we forget all the other stuff that we've been learning so far anyways, that we've been doing Without even really conscious to think about it. How can it be possible now that we're given this faith of God and somehow we want to add to it? Or feel like we need to earn it somehow? I want to really hammer this point so that you really understand when I keep on saying it's a promise. It all hinges on this faith part. 
So when I moved from North Carolina, I mean from Maryland to here, I had no job. As a matter of fact, I didn't even know I was going to stay. I just packed my bags and, you know, and I just believed that as I was going to drive down the road, somehow the Lord was going to lead me to the where I was going to be when I got here. Through Mary, the Lord I walked there at. I ended up staying with Andy Squires, I mean, Andy Squires' brother, Dan Squires. And the first thing he told me is, my friend, I, we don't know each other very well, but here's what I'm going to tell you. You don't have to pay me any rent. You can actually stay here as long as you need for free. I, you can't walk those things up. He needed money. He had a house. He had, had a mortgage. So if, if you have a roommate, obviously you want the roommate to give some money. I'll just keep on weaving it. Let's move on. So here's the deal. From what we know about what we just read, so we can rest in this. We can rest in knowing that God has fully accepted us. Fully accepted us. Not based in anything that we do, but fully based. He said it. Fully based. In the faith that we have in him. Fully based in the faith that we have in him. Because I want faith in itself. If you keep on reading it. There's hope in it. There's trust in it. Especially I want trust in there. Just want to circle that word. Trust. If you look at the definition of faith. There's, that, there's this trust thing that you cannot run away from. Is God who really says he is? Is he going to do exactly what he said he's really going to do? If we realize, if we look at Abraham's story, even before Abraham was ever circumcised, right? Circumcision was a representation showing that you've reached a particular mark. That you've, like you've, like it's a, it's a marker and it's, how can I put it? Marker is not a good word. It's a sign, yeah, sign. But it's also proof. Okay? That's what I'm, yeah, evidence. That's what I'm looking for. That's what I was looking for. Like it's proof for something that, it was already approved way back before then. It wasn't then. That was just a confirmation that you already received it. This was just to tell you, for you to know, listen, this has already been sealed. So circumcision, every time I read about circumcision, I think about Holy Spirit. Okay? So I'm going to read it for you here. So you can track with me on this one. It says this in a... Romans 4, 9 through 11. And it goes to say this. Now, this is the blessing only for the Jews. Now, now, is this blessing only for the Jews? Or is it also for the uncircumcised Gentiles? Well, we have been saying that Abraham was counted as righteous by God because of his faith. But how did this happen? Was he counted as righteous only after he was circumcised? Or was it before he was circumcised? Clearly, God accepted Abraham 
before he was circumcised. Before, before he was already fully accepted. Holy Spirit was not given to us as this beginning point. It was a confirmation of a work that was already finished. He was a confirmation of the work that was already finished. That we had been fully accepted before even Holy Spirit started living in us. As a guarantee that that which God promised will actually happen. As a guarantee that which that which he promised will absolutely happen. Because the Holy Spirit himself, just like circumcision, it's a permanent process that cannot be reversed. Okay. See, I'm a guy I know about this. Back in Kenya, they circumcise you traditionally. How is circumcised traditionally? It's a whole different experience. It's a pain level you cannot even comprehend. But it's definitely irreversible. I can tell you that much. <laughs> if there's any keys, yeah, I apologize. Because once they do the day, it's just done. And for the next eight weeks, you you know. Because the sheer pain you're walking through, you're just waddling along like you just don't want anybody to touch you, nothing. Just in pain. But to me, the reason in Kenya, in terms of like in my own tribe, why they do that circumcision is to let you know that now that you've been circumcised, you enter into manhood. You're entering to something greater than where you are. And I remember my granddad treated me different from that point on. Did he already accept me before? Absolutely. But there was something about that part. Just seal it. Like just seal it completely. And he treated me like a whole different person. So whenever they talk about circumcision you have in the word, especially in Romans, I take that circumcision and I say, okay, Holy Spirit. So when you have what it says pretty clearly what we read before, okay, I want to read it one more time because this is important. It says circumcision was a sign that Abraham already what? Had faith and that God had already accepted him. Okay. I'll let that sink in. Let's move on. I just want to say this one more time. Everything that we have, everything that we'll ever have, can only be accessed one way. By faith, period. I just want to settle that. We just need to settle that truth. Because I feel like we strive so much in so many different ways. 
to receive the promises of God, to receive that which is already fully been given. And we struggle to get it. But what do you have it? Abraham already had that approval. Even before he was circumcised. Before. Because of the faith that was given to him. So what we have received up to everything is based on his promise. It's not on self-righteousness or striving, which is the law. But it can only be received and accessed through one way, by faith. Including all the promises that he said. And there's some things I want to read here in a little bit as we go down Romans. That you're going to see, you can hear Paul's cry in his heart. That he's just, like he just wants his point just driven into us. And the Holy Spirit just highlights that and says, I really want you to get this part. Because this is your beginning point here. Because when he says it's a promise, there's no way it can be a promise. If you're not going to believe and hope that it will be fulfilled. Like, what, how's that possible? But somehow in between it, we start making our own way to fulfill that same promise that's already been given. So how do I tell my kids I promise to take care of you and keep you and protect you? If I, a human being, full of flaws, can look at my kids and say that part. My kids just taking and receive it by what? By faith, they just believe it. They go, okay, dad, I believe you. You're going to take care of us. They don't get up in the morning worry like they're gonna have a roof over there. There's gonna be food in the fridge. They don't think about it. All right. So Romans four thirteen through seventeen says clearly God's promise to give the whole earth to Abraham and his descent was based not on his obedience to God's law, but to a right relationship with God that comes by. Okay. If God's promise is only for those who obey the law, then faith is not necessary. And the promise is pointless. Like really, what before? Hmm. For the law always brings punishment to those who try to obey it. The only way to avoid breaking the law is not have one to break the first place. So the promise is received by faith. The promise is received by it is given as a free gift. And we all are certain to receive it whenever, I mean, whether or not we're living according to the law of Moses. If we have faith like Abraham's, okay, and he's going to say, for Abraham is the father of what? All who that means he's an example. That is what the scriptures mean when God told him, I have made you the father of many nations. This happened because Abraham believed what? In God who brings the dead back to life and who creates things out of. 
I didn't have a job, but God made one. I remember when Laurie Fowler was the headmaster of uh, MCA, the school that was affiliated with the church. He gets up here and through one of the announcements, he goes, hey, um, we're looking for math teachers, so I wonder if anybody's interested, please come talk to me. And I remember the church was facing this side. He was over here. I was way at the back, closer to the door. And uh, I remember Lord saying, that's you. And I said, mm-mm, there's no way. Like, teaching requires a whole lot. Like, looking at people's eyes and talking to people and, <laughs> and all sorts of stuff. And I said, I'm shy, painfully shy. I'd rather not be noticed in the room. I'd rather just disappear when I come in. Nobody say hey. Like, just, Lord, you got the wrong person. Like Larry. But the Lord will not open another door. So I want to talk to Larry. And boom, that's how my teaching thing started. I went from no job to a job. And that's what I've been doing the last 18 years. So he created something that I, I was not even here. He was already making a place for it. I just took the faith that he gave me and I said, I'm going to move to North Carolina. And the place I'm in now, even that the Lord did. I don't have enough time to tell you that part. Like, will it? Just don't have it. But, all right. Mm. That faith thing, that promise. And here's one more thing. I remember the Lord saying this to me. He said, because um, one hardest part was just leaving my mom. You know, if you're the only son, you know, your mom is not married, so you don't want to leave her all the way in Maryland by herself in this big old house, da 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 da, all these things, right? So I remember one of the things that the Lord told me was if you actually, actually, this is even before, yeah. He said, if you actually go, I know you're a good son, but I'll be a better husband. I don't know. So I left. And the Lord actually did what he said that he was going to do. Bless my mom beyond any I could have imagined it. Like just exploded. Goodness. Anyways. Just want to say that. I mean, there's countless of stories like that. So, going on. So, the righteousness that we have, right? That word righteousness. Do you, know what stand, do you know what it means, Larry? Right standing with God. Right relationship with God. Who initiates that? Who imputes it to us? Whose righteousness is it? How will he receive that? Faith, you got to believe. Okay. I'm just, just throwing it out there. I'll keep on throwing them out there. <laughs> you see the walk spot that we try to do always leads us into condemnation anything that we do outside faith like literally do you know what the bible says about that not only that works but it's sin yeah the holy spirit caught me with that one I'll come back over here. 
Because anything that is done by works that the Lord did not initiate, it's all, it leads us into a path of condemnation. Because at the end, we find out that we can't keep it. And we end up condemning ourselves and living in shame and you name it. All that stuff comes upon us. Here's what it says in Romans 5, 23, 21. It says, you know, God's law was given so that all people could see how sinful they are. Period. Like it doesn't even sugarcoat it. Okay, Period. But as people sinned more and more, God's wonderful grace became what? Even more abundant. So just as sin ruled over all people and brought them to death, God's wonderful grace rules instead, giving us right standing with what? With God and resulting in eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So when you look at the law, it shows us, hey, listen, man, there's no way you're going to make this happen. You try it. That settles it. Okay? Those are works. The law is works. It was never given in such a manner that say the way to have a relationship with God, here it is. It was put forth to show us, man, what a holy God. Surely how can I even get that close? And then the lies, I can. And then the bigger lies. I'm able to. So I'm going to strive to do it. Instead of receiving the free gift that comes via faith, which gives us access to what we could never have before. Okay. All right, let's move on. Romans 5, 1 through 5 says this. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, We're reading the same thing, right? Therefore, since we have been made right in God's eye by, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ brought us into this place of what? Undeserved privileged, where we now That word is a strong word. Like positioned. Like he took us and he put us there. And then somehow we try to end that spot. How? Okay. This is me. I'm me talking myself. It's like he took me from this place where it was absolutely undeserved to a place where I'm fully Fully received, accepted. And he says, here you can stand. How else can I on that other than believe it? By the faith that he's given me that this is true, Father. And I can look and say, this is true, Father. Okay. All right, this place that we stand. And we confidently and what? Joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. For we know that they help us develop endurance. Isn't it funny how Paul put that? 
Sells we in this position that has been given us through faith. But he knew that in this world, as Jesus said, we'll have what? Trouble. Trouble will come. And those troubles, yes, they do shake us. But they're not really supposed to uproot us. It's supposed to help our roots even go deeper and be fully convinced of his faithfulness. And he's going to keep on putting us in places to fully convince us. So that we can be convinced that he's really able. Okay. So Gilman says, an endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his. Remember, Abraham did not receive the promise and the acceptance after it was circumcised. It was when? Before. So Holy Spirit was given to us. I'll let that go in. Just let it go in. All right, moving on. This part I was kind of debating whether to put this scripture in there and read it or not, but I think I'm going to read it. Just throw the scriptures out there. Romans 5 15 through 17 says this. But there is a great difference between Adam's sin and God's gracious gift. For the sin of one man, Adam, brought death to many. But the even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of forgiveness to many through his other man, Jesus Christ. And the results of God's grace, gracious gift, is very different from the result of one man's sin. Okay. For Adam's sin led to condemnation, but God's free gift leads our being made right with what? Even though we're guilty of many sins, for the sin of one man, Adam, caused death through over many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness for all who receive it. Will we, will what? Live in triumph over sin and death in this one man, Christ Jesus. Faith. Just want to throw that in there. Faith. Faith. Doesn't matter where you are, high or low. Okay, high or low. A promise is a promise. Now I can get back to it. It's a promise. Now that I've kind of went through and weaved all this other part, you kind of weave with me in this river. I went back and forth about faith, why faith is a critical thing, why faith is important. The promise that we receive from the Father himself, we receive it by faith. We access by faith, and we receive the full benefits by faith. It's a promise. And I was building all that stuff so that we can see the faithfulness of God and we can see how good it is that in spite of everything that is against us, he's for us. So much for us. That he took us from that one place that we were completely undeserved to a place where we fully deserve everything that he wants to give us. 
And he says, I promise you that I will do this. Okay. I promise a promise. No matter where we are. I just want to say that. No matter where we are. Or in different places. No matter where we are, it does not negate the promise that he's given us. I don't know how much I can really emphasize that part. High or low, riches, poor, whatever it is. His promise is his promise. It's true. So it goes on to say this in Romans 8, 23. says, and we believers also grown, even though we have the Holy Spirit within us, as a foretaste of what? Future glory. So when, when Abram got circumcised, it was the assurance that the father was going to do exactly what he said he was going to do in his life. We having Holy Spirit, it's a guarantee that which, that which he promised he will fulfill fully. Fully. Go. Says so of future glory. For we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. We too wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us full rights as what? His adopted children, including the new bodies as new bodies he has what? Promised us. We were given this hope when we were saved. See how far back that goes? That hope, faith. Hope, faith, trust, faith. Okay. If we already have something, we don't need hope. What for? Okay. But if we look forward to something we do not yet have, we must wait patiently and confidently. That word confidently too is in hope. I mean, is in faith. It's part of the definition. It's a confident. If we look at Abraham's life, he said that his faith even grew stronger. And that it did not waver. I struggled with that. Because I was like, man, Lord, I, I'm all over the place. Yeah, today I can pay my bill, tomorrow I can. And I'm like, oh, Lord Jesus, where is this going to come from? That's. But he says that Abraham did not waver. But when you read the story, it's the faith of God who's imputed in him. It's the Lord that is writing the script. Okay. I'll live with that. He's writing the script. He said, by his grace, let's wait patiently. And full of faith, knowing that he will keep his promise. Okay, Hebrews 6, 11 through 20 says this. Okay, I kind of dotted and then I kind of started in the middle. It said, instead, you will follow the example of those who are going to inherit God's promises because of their faith and endurance. Say, Abraham is such a key person. For example, there was God's promise to Abraham. Since there was no one greater to swear by, God took an oath in his own name, saying, I will suddenly bless you 
And I will multiply your descendants beyond number. I'm going to say that one more time. For example, there was God's promise to Abraham. Since there was no one greater to swear by, God took an oath in his own name saying, I will certainly bless you and I will multiply your descent beyond number. Then Abraham waited patiently and he received what God had promised. That part is, every time I read that part, I'm like, mm, sweet Jesus. That word waited patiently. It pushes you. It tests you. It says, now when people take an oath, they call on somebody greater than themselves to tell them to, I mean, to, to hold them to it. And without any question, that oath is binding. God also bound himself with an oath so that those who receive the promise could be perfectly sure that he will never change what? His mind so God has given both his promise and his oath. These two things are unchangeable because it's impossible for God to lie. I'll just leave it there. I'm really done. It's impossible for God to lie. Two unchangeable things he says to us by faith you receive all that stuff that has been spoken and Abraham had walked that out we gonna walk it out and I feel the encouragement the Holy Spirit is giving in this day that we're living we cannot forget that our faith is more precious than what and it gets tested gets put through the fire. But the truth is, the heavy burden is on the Lord to stand on what he said that he will do. He stands on his own word, which is unchangeable, an oath. Anyways, that, that was really it.